0: if you're not welcome back so happy to have you here this week's episode just felt so right i have been going through a little bit of a life journey with finding friends here and being an adult and being in a new city and so this week i got to chatting with one of my good friends and i feel like my soul really needed it celeste bouchard is on the show today she's blessing us with her presence with her amazing energy I honestly like every time I get to talk to Celeste my day gets a little brighter and whenever you get to be in the same room with her you can just feel such a positive light. So I'm excited for you to get to hear this but a little bit of an intro and a background about Celeste. She is a fashion designer and content creator in Toronto who noticed a gap in the fashion market and this is where Liller was born. Founded over a mutual passion for sustainability, Celeste and her business partner wanted to bring a few things to the forefront. Affordability, sustainability, and curated luxury pieces. They're now recognized by their signature traits, luxurious fabrics and clean, modern silhouettes. And on today's episode, Celeste goes into detail about how she runs L'Eure how they brought sustainability to a forefront, and some very wise words on getting over the fear of failure some background on how celeste used a transformative time in her life to take her health in her own hands and of course i had to ask her what goes into creating a capsule wardrobe so we go into it all i'm excited for you to listen i am very sad to say that we did have some technical difficulties on this episode just because wi-fi and glitches and things like that but we made do so if you hear some awkward laughs (laughs) Just bear with us that's what it is it was we ha- we were having a little bit of a leg but that did not stop us. Anywho, I'm excited for you to listen to this episode with Celeste and her navigating the the past few years of her life, creating her dream project and what is in store for the future of her. So yeah, as always, if you enjoy this episode or if you got any wise words, make sure to share with a friend, share on Instagram, tag me at Manuka Sunday, tag Celeste at celeste.bouchard. And with that, I hope you're having an amazing day wherever you're listening. Enjoy this episode with my friend, Celeste Bouchard. Well, thank you so much for being here for Soul. I miss you. And second, I'm excited to chat about everything L'Aleur and what you've been up to and everything like that because, I mean, I've, I probably said this in the intro, but... Celeste and I, to anybody that's listening, we worked together. Had a very, like, I, I loved our friendship because one, we got like the work, not <laughs> gossip, but like the work venting out. <laughs> Two, you're a fellow entrepreneur, and I just love that. And three, I couldn't, I like couldn't get enough of your energy, and I miss you a lot. So I'm very happy that we finally got to do this.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. But I was thinking yesterday, and I was like, when we were working together. This is when we both came up with our company ideas. Like I remember you talking to me about the name, and I remember talking to you about the name ideas. And we were both working in office while becoming entrepreneurs on our own, and just like feeding ideas off each other at the same time. Like I remember when yeah. you launched when you could send yeah, me.
0: I, I, yeah, exactly. And I like I even have in my notes like to ask you because I wanted I was thinking about the exact same thing, and I was thinking about. The fact that we were both doing our nine to five and then you were doing samples, you were working on the name, you were working on all the background stuff. And I'm like, in my head, I didn't really know what your day to day looked like on kind of building this passion project and like side hustle at the same time as a nine to five. So I'm interested and I want to know kind of like what your what your process was in that whole love
1: that. we'll totally situation get into that. <laughs> but in the meantime, my name is yeah. Bouchard. I am a content creator and fashion designer. I launched my first sustainable brand um, just over a year ago now. I think it was yeah, like a year and three months ago and so much has happened since then and I'm really just trying to navigate almost being 30 and just you know, as an entrepreneur, you kind of do have to do a few different things. And I'm really trying to solidify that into things that I actually enjoy doing now that I can also monetize. It's a journey, but it's it's, it's starting to work out. So I'm just living life, as Courtney right. says.
0: <laughs> and how are you going about navigating the finding the little things that you actually love to do?
1: Trying a lot, you know, really got to try a lot. Yeah. And I realize that it's also a lot about my mental space. So that's also a huge thing I've been trying to do the past year and a bit. Like I've been in the wellness space for years now. Like six years ago, I think I read The Secret. And that's what like opened everything up for me. Mm. But I mean, as much as you can learn about personal growth and self-development, you kind of learn more about yourself as you as you age as well. And as much as physical routines are really important to me, a huge goal of mine right now is focusing on things that I can't hold on to or experiences that aren't as physical. So more like awareness, self-assurance, love, like self-love, love love for others. Like awareness is a huge thing for me right now because I feel like living in the present moment doesn't mean that you're also living within awareness. And when you are, so much more comes your way. And I don't know, I feel like now I really have curated a vision of how I want to see the next five, 10 years of my life. And I'm kind of just going for it.
0: I feel like I met you when you were kind of in a transition phase. You were in the wellness sphere and you knew what you had to do, but you were re- like when I, when we were working together in Toronto, I felt like you were in a phase where you're like, I'm a hundred percent going all in on this and I'm ready to take on the next chapter of my life. Like, so do, would you agree?
1: Yes. I mean that's happened in my life
0: a few times.
1: <laughs> You're like I'm fully in this, and then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I get that though. It's so it's so difficult to like you commit to something and then a couple little different things steer you off the wrong path or like take you down back into like old habits or anything like that. It's so hard. But were there anything? I remember you did uh, like a 30 day full detox of. I think it was alcohol and like a few other things. But was that kind of like a tipping point? Did you find that you were like really stepping into the new you?
1: So that was like 60 days and that was 60 days of two medications oh, a day, extremely healthy eating like I'm like anti like um anti-inflammatory eating and yoga five times a week and sleeping mm. early and no TV at night. But that was all because I found out that I had issues like 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 with my health. So my sister and I ch- chatted about it and she kind of she kind of put me up to a challenge and she's like do this 60 days of just anti-inflammatory eating and all this and you know, I really did need that. And it turns out I actually self-healed from that. I found out I had hydrosalpinx, which is um, like water in my fallopian tube. You know, we found that out because I was having like a lot of issues. I, I don't remember if you ever, like I used to leave work just like crying, like in so much pain. And I've had a lot of like cysts, as a lot of women do. So I thought that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I went to the doctor and they're like, they literally call me back an hour later, like, hey, can you come back? I'm like, oh my God, I've never had a doctor's office tell me to come back. And that kind of freaks me out. So I was like, all in. I feel like when your health is on the line, you will literally do anything. And it's really crazy because even though this is a few years into my whole, like, me learning about wellness, I also saw single handedly that mm-hmm. I could heal myself, which was beautiful. I went back for scans a few months later, like after the 60 days of just like intense health. And the nurse looked at me, she's like, I don't usually like, I'm not allowed giving results as the doctor has to call you back to do that. But she's like, but I can tell you, I don't see any inflammation. And I was like, mind blown. I left the hospital. I called my sister, I called my mom, I called my boyfriend. I was like, it's not there anymore. When I was first told that This is something I'm probably going to have to live with. And when I want to have kids, I'm going to have to go through this whole process. So that was super cool to me. And I believe that you're right. This was like a tipping point because now I also had like the affirmation that, yes, this does work. Taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind. And when I would meditate, I would physically envision like the water draining out of my fallopian tube. I literally Googled what a fallopian tube looks like so that I could clearly visualize what that would look like. Crazy, but it worked, and that's incredible.
0: Yeah, you healed yourself. Yeah, I did, and now I know that that I can do that again. That is very cool. Mm Hundred percent. That's empowering. That's very good to know. And okay, so go can we go back to what it was like growing up as a bouchard because I think that that really taps into what you're doing today and like creating the sustainable brand and like I know a little bit about your family and like your parents and everything like that and like the farm and I would just love to know how that kind of brought you into sustainable world of design
1: so both my parents are super hippie. they're both artists and well right right now I'm at their house in in summer county they moved here after my sister moved out and my whole life i was obviously like i grew up around hippies i was a freaking hippie so um sustainability wellness healthy eating that was always around me but then again i also had my parents being like choose art as a hobby don't do it as (laughs) like as your job because like i also saw them struggle my whole life and then clearly now i'm an artist and an entrepreneur Whatever. That's fine. I always thought I'd be a psychologist for some reason, some like nine to five. I don't even know. I even went to school for psychology for a year at Concordia. And then oh, I really? left that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a year. Probably too much though. I didn't really learn much. <laughs> but um, <laughs> growing up, I don't know. I, I was always in the wellness space and the environment was always something that was talked about in my household, even before it was cool to do so. And textiles were always huge for me. Like my grandma taught me how to shop. My parents never had that much money. And it's funny when I say this, but my grandma did teach me how to shop. My grandparents have money and they'd bring us back to school shopping. um, And like before camp, she'd bring us shopping and she taught me how to shop. She taught me how to scan the room for different textiles and what a good fabric was and what a nice print was. And if I'd went in the changing room and I'd give the like the lady who worked there clothing back that was all crumpled or inside out, I wasn't able to get it. I'd always have to respect the clothing, respect people that work there, obviously. And every time i go over, I just loved going into her closet, all the vintage couture. So fabric for me is how my love for clothing started. And then obviously, Mm self-expression as a young woman I went through so many phases from emo to preppy to bohemian to this and that like I could show you the pictures it was wild (laughs) but no matter what but that was always so important to me so after I left school yeah for psychology which you know I just kind of did that because I was like oh what else am I gonna take I moved to Australia and then when I got back from Australia I had no idea what I wanted to do so I decided to take like a continued education class at George Brown to see if I even liked sewing because I'm like what do I want to do? I need to do something. And I loved it and I was good at it. So I went to George Brown and that's where I met my business partner. You know, now George Brown has classes on sustainability in the fashion world, but they didn't back then. It was great for learning the techniques and like how to, you know, everything that encompasses starting a fashion brand. It really is a great program. But then when Kim and I started talking about what we wanted to do, I knew I wanted to incorporate beautiful textiles. However, you know what's interesting? So many revolutions mm-hmm. have happened in the past 100 years, a few hundred years. Technology, like technology, this that, the other thing except for textiles. Like we're still using many textiles that we used 200 years ago. It's just now in the past decade that some really cool, innovative new textiles are coming out, and that to me is super exciting. Um so we knew That well, I guess when we started like the concept like five ish years ago, if you thought sustainable fashion, I'd think like oh an organic t shirt and leggings or like Stella McCartney runway. So for us there was no medium, and I knew personally that's what I was looking for um, in my early twenties. No longer wanting to shop at Zara or H and M. So that was kind of where the idea of starting a fashion line that was fully sustainable started. And then the most exciting part of that is even if we didn't launch right away, we spent like a few years curating beautiful textiles and learning about them. I took another online class directed towards sustainability in the fashion world. And then finding textiles like made from Hemp and lotus leaves and banana leaves and just like whoa, like what what's going on here? So that was super exciting to me, and I believe starting anything you need to be excited. I'm not going to start a business I'm not excited for, right? And so that's kind of how everything started.
0: That's amazing. It's so cool to hear the background of it because I mean, like I feel like you would talk about it here and there, and then I saw the final product and I was like, oh my gosh, this just grew up out of the ground and it's incredible but you it's it's even cooler to see like the background stepping stones to like how you actually got there so what like what would go into a day of maybe like going to look for the proper textiles or like your day-to-day behind the scenes at Lillard
1: well so right now it's actually nice that you're asking me this now because we're kind of going through this next phase with spring summer um so it all starts for us. We kind of work backwards. A lot of people like designing first and finding the right textiles. We work with finding the textiles first and then being like, oh, I love this fabric. Like what would we like to see in this fabric? So I'll choose a few fabrics and be like, okay, this is actually what we're going to go do on Sunday. Literally in two days, I'm going to meet with Kim because she just got back from traveling. I went the other day to pick up some samples. So first, you got to always find your manufacturer. Of textiles and manufacture if you choose to manufacture and not produce in-house, which right now we're producing in-house, which I love because we're doing more smaller runs, more of our capsule Mm -hmm. collections. So now that we have found these people that we like working with, then we contact them directly for new season textiles. And like, we know what we want. We don't want XYZ, show us your more sustainable Okio Tech certified samples. I'll go to their showroom so like feel them physically, and then they send them to us in the mail. So on Sunday, we'll end up looking at all the textile, like all the swatches together, look at the colorways and which ones we want to use, and then from there, we'll decide how many pieces we want in our collection, and from there, we narrow down to how many cool. tops do we want, dresses, skirts, pants, and then what Kim and I typically do, since we both are part of the creative process, we'll kind of divide them. After we design, first we'll go home, we'll both design concepts, ideas for all the pieces. Then we'll meet up and take a look and be like, okay, we see this trend coming up a lot. We like this asymmetrical line here. Hey, what can we include to add to this new collection that'll make it cohesive with our last collection? Because for us, it's very important that you can mix and match match all of our collections together. Everything is very seasonless. I think that's how you create and curate an amazing sustainable wardrobe is getting pieces that, you know, you can mix and match for for every season. So then from there, we'll kind of like, Hey, listen, I really like your skirt better. Let's do that. Let's maybe tweak it here. You make that and then I'll make X, Y, and Z. So then we get into the process of drafting. So she'll kind of draft half. I'll draft the other half and then we'll make samples. And then from the samples, we get a few people in different sizes to try them on. Oh, actually, we start with extra small first so that if that does look good, actually, Kim is extra small, so that always works best. She tries on all the samples. We make tweaks from there. Mm. And then we do the grading. And then we get people in different sizes to try on the different sizes to make sure that the grading worked accordingly for every size. And then from there, um, we start, well, from there, I guess the samples of the fabrics have already been sent to us. As well, and we do order all stuff like buttons Mm -hmm. and zippers in advance as well. And then from there, we start production. And now that production is in house, it's quite lovely because we can, you know, it's way better for timing and quality control, which is really nice. And it's exciting. But this year, we're actually going to hire our first interns, which is super helpful. Amazing. Yeah, it's really hard to do everything, to be honest with you. (laughs) So we do need some help. So then, yeah, that's kind of how it goes for us. And like, we're going to find ourselves in the studio a lot in February. We obviously set monthly goals and yearly goals. and our goal is to have everything done by the end of and our first shoot. So at the beginning of March, it could be on the website.
0: Incredible! Well, I can't wait yeah. to see. And Me too. We'll, I think we'll like dive a little bit more. We'll dive more into like your spring and summer collection a little bit later. But I, I didn't want to pass up on the starting phases because I feel like there's a lot of people listening probably right now that have one already been inspired by your story and what you're creating, but two, like a lot of people going through the the nine to five and passion or hustle side project situation. So do you have anything you would say or like think back to that you wish you did as you were kind of like putting yeah. in that, that extra time, extra work to get where you are now?
1: Yes. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, we've launched just over a year ago. But we've been working at this for five years. <laughs> you know, and that's because I had a nine to five mm-hmm. and Kim also worked for her family. And something my sister told me that will always resonate with me. Actually, it's after COVID. And I went back to Honeycomb where we used to work and they offered me a lower position. And said, we can't guarantee how many hours a week, etc. I remember walking back home that day and I called my sister crying saying, I don't want to go back to work. I want to work on the full time and actually get this taken off. And I was freaking out. And she said, I'm like, I don't even know if we're ready. I don't even have a logo yet. And she said, if you start, wait, I want to get this right. What exactly did she say? Yeah. If she she's like, if you start your company and everything is perfect, you know you started too late. And I'm like, crap, mm. you're so right. <laughs> For me, it was always, and I, think this is, <laughs> and I think this is the same for a lot of people starting businesses is you want everything to be perfect. You don't know how to even start operating this new business because you've never done it before. So your brain's like, I don't know how to do this. I can't do it. That's why it's easier if you've already started a business to start a second one and a third one. And that's why a lot of entrepreneurs have multiple companies because they've already done it. It's easier It's not as mentally tasking to think about, like, this is a big thing coming to life. What if I fail? For me, failure was always like a huge thing because there's so many successful people in my family. And I always felt like, wow, what have I really ever accomplished? What have I ever done before that proves to myself that I will not fail? And that in itself, when I think back on that, I was actually journaling about that a few months ago. And I'm like, wow, I was really scared of failure. And now I'm like eager to fail and put myself Mm -hmm. out there because I do know that the more you put yourself in uncomfortable positions, the more you'll see from it. So I think as advice, I'd say, just kind of go with it, but talk to people, talking to people who have, they don't have to have maybe started a business in the exact same field as you. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have some good advice that would be widely relevant to many different areas. I know I've, I spoke to a few people and obviously they will not have all the answers. You're going to have to figure that one out by yourself, but talking to people, getting excited and visualizing it, visualizing it come to life is huge. How can you do something if you don't know what you want it to look like? Visualization is a oh, huge thing Oh, I love that me, so much. Right. But it's true how, and that's what I was treading in shallow water for a long time, not knowing what I even wanted to, to look like, what our pieces to look like. And guess what? I'm still learning, but it's about coming out with that first collection, coming out with that first book or whatever you want to do and then learning from there.
0: Totally. I think um, it's so funny because I was talking to Joey the other day about this topic specifically. And just for the fact of like bringing back our old jobs and like while we were hustling on the side and try to bring something to life in general. I find that like, even now, if I'm not making as much money, I am so much more happy doing what I actually truly love. And even the, the, the point of like comparing yourself to, what other people are doing or the failure that you're talking about. I, it's it's crazy how the shift starts to happen when you're doing something for yourself and that what you really believe in, that failure fear kind of like disappears. And you're like, I know – in my heart that this is going to work out and I know that it's going to eventually, if I'm doing this for all the right reasons and all the right reasons that I believe in myself and like putting in the extra work to actually get there, it's going to be successful no matter what. It might take a little bit longer than the other person, maybe making like a 100K salary. But I personally, on my most stressful day, doing something that I love is not even close to the amount of stress that I used to feel. It's, a, it's wild. I know.
1: Mental health is super important. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I believe it's on the School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. and I wish I remembered the exact episode, mm. but they were talking about how, I think they were talking about money and a tip to give mm. young people wanting to accumulate wealth. Is, it wasn't even about money though. It was about how you perceive yourself and feel within. If you feel like you are somebody who can either be successful or have money or do this, then it's very much more likely to happen. And also in a very fluid way, you want it to be an enjoyable process. You know, there's days that are super stressful. There's a lot to do, but as you just said, the stressful days are way better than the stressful days working for other people. But that also... I feel mm-hmm. like stressful days can be managed within, you know, with a lot of, like, internal work. Um, stress happens. Honestly, stressful days make the better days feel even better as well, right? If every day was great, how could you oh, ever have those extreme highs?
0: Is there anything that you do, like, on a daily practice, like, in a morning routine or a nightly thing or any type of practice? I know you meditate a lot. Um hmm But is there anything that you specifically do? Yeah, my morning routine
1: is very – my morning routine changes me as a human. (laughs) But um, I actually have to get back. Um, Yeah. I was just writing about it yesterday in my journal. I'm like, I really need February to be more intensive because I love how January is usually the month that people get super intense into their routine. I still haven't even written my goals for the year. And I'm like, I'm gonna allow some love. That's in okay. Element exactly. I'm like, that is fine. I feel like in the past I would have been like, Celeste, what's your problem? Like, you still haven't done this. You could have done that instead of watching Euphoria. But, um, but you know. <laughs> I think... <laughs> but I think my whole thing is um, I really like waking up at a decent time, having my hot coffee or my matcha, something hot, yeah. and reading. Putting your notifications off after reading going over my goals and my gratitude, and then meditating. Um, And then after I meditate, it would be nice to get into a physical routine like the gym or yoga. Have I done that recently? Absolutely not. But um, I feel like reading and some writing and meditation is very crucial to me. And also my skincare routine just puts me in like a meditative like state. It's super important for me. I love looking like a glazed donut, and I just feel awake and alive and, like, ready to take on my day. I am an avid Arbonne lover, but alongside Arbonne, also three ships. Um, I have this, like, really cool CBD face oil that I'm obsessed with as well. Um, from, I think it's called Plantology. And I've been using some Cora products, which is Miranda Kerr's Brand and I'm really loving her night and day serum right now as well. I, I there's a few, but they're all very much woman owned, mostly local brands, and all very much sustainable and cruelty free.
0: Okay, cool. I have to check those out. Okay, so I kind of wanted to go back into what you guys are doing at Lalure You've talked about like female run businesses, empowerment. And I also, when I was scanning through your website, I find that like everything about your guys's brand kind of brings that out. Is that something that you guys try to encapsulate in like your different your different seasons or your different articles of clothing or like any behind the scenes at LaLure? Do you try to bring that like empowering feeling out?
1: Yeah. So for me, empowering is feeling comfortable in what you're wearing and also feeling sexy. For us, fit along with textiles, is very important because that's how I feel like you empower yourself every morning when you wake up. Um, Also, when it comes to women, everything we do, every collaboration we do, every giveaway we do, every shoot we do, always involves collaborating with other local brands that are women-owned. Either a vintage company or now with Valentine's Day, we have a really exciting giveaway coming up with another woman owned brand from Toronto. So that is always very important to me. But beyond... The empowerment of a female-owned brand, going back to how our clothing is structured. When we first started designing, we knew we wanted. Okay, what is worse than buying something that doesn't fit well? Either a strap is too loose, or the pant fits well except for the waist. So we wanted to really take that into consideration with everything that we made. Either having like an adjustable waistband with an extra button, or on our bustier we have three buttons on the straps for. Um, for the bustier for different fits or like a wrap skirt with the Reese Canada skirt, everything we design, we design with fit in mind. And as a woman, for women, I think that is like the most important thing is having something that fits well, having like a tube top that doesn't fall down, you know, it's all about comfort. And I feel like luxury comes in these small forms, like comfort, and fit and textiles these all these all these three things to me speak luxury and that's what we want to be we are affordable luxury Mm -hmm. you know you can't find the textiles we use in h&m or zara you can't find our fits with them either because they're so tailored like we take such we work very diligently in our drafting process and i really do feel like that speaks mountains like, I love wearing every single thing that we own. And I can upsize or downsize in many things as well just because the fit is so versatile. So I think that actually shows a lot of femininity. Everything
0: we do, very classic feminine pieces
1: that you will have in your wardrobe for a long time.
0: It's so funny. I have on my in my notes, like, I wanted to ask you tips on creating, like, that cap- capsule wardrobe and stuff because – as i get older i don't want to be having like 20 articles of or 20 t-shirts when i could actually have one good one that lasts me a lifetime and or like a leather jacket for example or mm-hmm. a like a really nice fitting pair of jeans that so you spend that a little bit extra to find those perfect pieces that truly truly fit you and and have that little extra luxe Add on to them, so I'm glad you uh, noted on that. Do you have any tips on like building that capsule wardrobe for your body? Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> for my body, I'm really short, <laughs> so I like buy- I like buying vintage because actually <laughs> there's a lot of cool vintage pieces for small girls. Um, for me, curating a perfect wardrobe. I'd like to go with things that can mix and match. I think like a pant girl, like our Ella Pant. I love our Ella Pants because that you could dress them up and you could dress them down. I would really start start by writing down like what are your favorite pieces? Are you a pants girl? Or are you a skirt girl dress? What kind of colors are you into? Are you more monochromatic? Or do you like adding some prints in there as well? And then it's really about sticking within that color scheme um, and really adding special pieces like vintage jackets to it as well. I would always look for fabric. I'm going to go back to fabric a million times and I'm never going to stop because fabric is everything. If I have a closet full of, let's say, everything's the same color but everything's very basic cotton, then to me that's not a full wardrobe. I like wools and... And tweeds and this and that, but that's very much me. But I feel like when you mix and match those kind of staple pieces with more blank canvas textiles, that really elevates your wardrobe. So if you have like I, like one ripped jean, one wide leg jean, you know, a dark denim and like a raw denim, like you don't really need more than four jeans. But then again, you can up level each jean with a white t-shirt if you have some, cool like if you have like a wool sweater and then another one with a vintage jacket like I'm very much like I don't think you need more than a handful of certain things this being said tops are one thing that I would have more of because having a very interesting top can really elevate your entire wardrobe I love cool trendy like asymmetrical lines and um for me pants you could have a more curated selection. Like I would be okay with like six pairs of pants. Like two of those being jeans, three of those being jeans, and three just like pant pants. I don't know how else to describe them. Pant pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah, tops or something. <laughs> I get everyone, I get what you mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um yeah, I don't know. I think it really depends yeah. on everyone. I would really stick with a color scheme and then i would kind of get versatile with um the textures that you use in your wardrobe as well textures and color for sure
0: okay i'm ready i'm taking notes because i need to <laughs> i need to make some adult decisions with my with my wardrobe
1: if you're if you're looking to up level your wardrobe a little yeah, yeah. bit i would i would really start looking for some like power suits and i don't mean like a power suit where it's like a tight mm. pant and a fitted blazer I mean like go a little bit more oversized in the pant and the blazers. so you can wear like little tops with them add belts wear them with heels or boots throw a leather jacket on and a sweater with the pants you know what i mean like i really like the power suit and i i definitely find a lot of 100% vintage, i'm into it right love them and also like a nice linen shirt that's just like completely oversized those are definitely staples that i find i've really loved adding to my wardrobe as i'm getting older
0: is that something you would say is like your power go-to fit? I feel like everybody has that outfit that they feel most confident in. Would that be what, what it is for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I really I, – I definitely think so. Like I'm obsessed with our Ella pants right now. I wear them every single day, but I get them in a large. And then I since there's an adjustable waistband, I just make them tighter on the waist, a nice chunky boot – um, a different looking top like a nice asymmetrical top but definitely still comfortable and then like a nice oversized blazer for sure that's my go-to right now oh I love it I love it
0: okay we're I'm gonna be flipping back a little bit to um what goes into the process of building your 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 sustainability pact to Lalure? Like, it was there a process that you and Kim went through at the very beginning of it? And what did that look like as you guys fine-tuned, like, the, the values of your brand that you wanted to come out and everything?
1: Yes. So it all starts with your raw materials. Actually, it all starts with the fiber, right? Anything – any company that says that they're sustainable when it comes to clothing, you have to realize it doesn't just come from the complete textile. You have to look into the fiber from start to finish. And while we were looking into the exact textiles we wanted to use, at our first collection, we did manufacture as well. So that took us a long time finding the proper manufacturer for us. And we visited a few. And we knew we wanted it to be local, you know, to cut down on shipping and our carbon footprint so we actually found one in Toronto and they required low minimums we visited them multiple times to see their environment work environment and we even met the owner like we really we really bonded with them and the man who made our purses we actually found he's this older eastern european man who works alone with his wife in his studio and he handmade all of our bags So hiring people that we actually know their story and we bonded with them was very important. Um, So while all of this was going on in the back end, we definitely had to sit down and talk about how we wanted to have, how we wanted to operate our business, you know, like a circular business model, which required us to really look at, okay, what are we going to do with our fabric scraps? You know, like, are we going to reuse them for this, that, and the other thing? We actually made our purses and hats made from the vegan suede used to make the skirt, the Juliet skirt and the Mimi bustier. So we have very low, like, we don't throw out anything. I still know that even the scraps that are unusable, I want to use in the future to add to a puffer jacket. So I think having the least amount of waste possible and, like, what are we using to make our packaging? Like, what are our labels made out of? um our our shipping labels, even our shipping labels are you're able to recycle. So going in from the packaging to where we're getting everything manufactured to the fibers and our textiles. And then us as a company, are we gonna give back to the environment? Because that makes everything circular. No matter what, if you're making something you're taking from the environment. So we give 1% to a people based charity and 1% of profits to an environment based charity. And that's something that we want to, as we grow, continue um, to expand on. And that's definitely like we we have some five and ten year goals when it comes to um, giving back to the environment for sure. But for now, as a growing business, there's only so much we can do. So I think that us moving from manufacturing to making everything in-house allowed us to have more of a hands-on um, to be more hands-on in terms of our sustainability. Because even manufacturing, you know, that's not the most sustainable thing to do. Um, our goal switched, uh, quickly switched from manufacturing to getting a bigger studio in the future with more employees. Um, that really excites me to have a good growing team rather than um, hiring other companies to do our work. Uh, and that's super exciting. But yeah, in the back end, before we ever launched, it was like it really was about finding the best raw materials and the best manufacturer for us. And then, you know, now we actually use a lot of deadstock fabric, which is the most sustainable thing to do rather than getting a company to create new textiles for you. Deadstock fabric can be found in many warehouses. It's when a lot of designers or companies have leftover rolls of great, like perfect fabric. The fabric's in great, like great shape. Nothing bad happened to it. And then you purchase it from these from from these companies. Um, so you're using material that otherwise would have been thrown out. So to us, that's really important right now. The only issue with that is that you have X amount of fabric to use. So let's say a style does really well, and then you go back and there's no more left. But that's okay because we like doing short runs of things. We like making things more um more like yeah our capsule collections have less product but it makes it more valuable I find because it's more one of
0: a kind absolutely I was gonna say like the uniqueness is is so much more prominent when it when it happens like that
1: yeah but then as you grow you know your sustainability efforts have to grow with you because everything's ever-changing As soon as we have employees, that's already going to change, right? How are they getting to work? Are they driving? Are we going to provide them with Metro passes so that they don't have to drive to work every day and be better for the environment that way? Like everything you decide as a growing business, it changes as you grow, especially with sustainability. You can't really just put like, okay, this is how we are sustainable X, Y, and Z, and then just leave it at that. It's always ever changing.
0: Absolutely. I feel like you guys are leading a very good path for either, I mean, not even just small businesses in Toronto, but in the fashion industry in general. I think it's very admirable what you and Kim have kind of brought to life. And it has been so cool to be on the sidelines cheering you on while it's like watching you do it because it, it's definitely a whole new perspective of seeing yeah of seeing like a uh, something like this come to fruition from the very first stages when we were chatting about what what could we call it or what <laughs> what colors are gonna be involved and like everything like that. So it's very cool to kind of see like the end process and talk about the future plans for Lulur. So I'm yeah. proud of you.
1: Thank <laughs> you. And we actually have a lot of goals for this year that mm-hmm. will bring us out of our comfort zone. We're actually looking to um like I just made a lookbook. I'll send it to you. It's so cool because we've actually done so many awesome photo shoots and collaborated with crazy cool photographers recently. And I'm I'm like, why aren't we going to put this into a lookbook, which I'm also going to get printed just for myself as a coffee table book, like why not? But we're sending these out to a lot of different stylists, publications, and also retail stores. Like, um, not every retail store, we have a select few that we really want to see ourselves in. And that's our next step is kind of going a little bigger just to reach a few more people, you know? Um, and outsource a lot of wholesale, which is really exciting.
0: Very exciting. Well, I feel like it's gonna c- come to life sooner than you know it, because the momentum's just gonna c- keep getting bigger and bigger. I hope. (laughs) Okay. Well, I loved this conversation. I think a lot of people are going to get so much out of this. And I just like, it's such a cool story to kind of get to know a little bit better. So I appreciate you coming on and chatting with us through it. I feel like we'll have to revisit this in a few months just to just to keep ourselves accountable on those goals and stuff like that. But thank you so much for doing this. And if you want to leave anybody with any wise words from Celeste or um, where to find Luller and where to find you on any platform.
1: Well, you can find me at celeste.bouchard on Instagram and on TikTok. This is like a new thing. I've been trying to get into the TikTok space for like a year now, and now I'm like very much dedicated. And La Lure is It's La Lure on Instagram and on TikTok as well. Wise words to leave by. Spend time writing by yourself. And I know it's weird to say, but that has been like mm. the biggest um, aspect of my growth, just writing and being one with yourself and your awareness so many cool creative ideas come to you this way whether it be like life epiphanies business ideas etc spend time with your pen and paper that would be my biggest advice
0: amazing we're gonna I'm gonna be taking some notes from this episode and then leave and go do a little writing session for myself I think I am too so thank you so much again I appreciate it